This is Working the Beat. It is Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Jam-packed show today. As we are joined by Howard Eskin, uh, the longtime veteran of WIP, uh, who will celebrate his 35th anniversary on the air at WIP on Saturday morning. Uh, Howard's having a special celebration at the Borgata, so Howard and I talked uh, and reminisced about a couple things, talked about the Eagles, talked about some of the things in his career. So Howard Eskin will join us in a few moments. Then Mike will join me, and we'll have the second half of the show. We'll talk about the Phillies, who are trying to stay alive in the National League Eastern Division race. You can make an argument they're still in the wildcard race, although that's kind of doubtful at this point. The Eagles, as they head into the preseason finale against the New York Football Jets on Friday night. And uh, we'll look ahead to our show next week. And that's actually one thing I want to mention to you. Remember, next Wednesday night, 6 p.m., Mike and I will be at Chaps Pit Beef down in Media uh, on uh, Baltimore Pike, I believe it is. Uh, And we will be there. Paul Hagen's uh, restaurant will do a live show. Hope you can come out and join us. We'll have some fun. We'll have some laughs. Uh, we'll talk some baseball. And hopefully we're going to get an Eagles guest on as well at some point in here. So uh, looking forward to that. That's next Wednesday at Chaps, Pit Beef, airtime 6 o'clock. Uh, bring your appetite, as Mr. Kern would say. Also, I wanted to mention one other thing. Uh, our My buddy Leslie Goodell, our good friend Leslie Goodell of this show, um, she is having a event uh, on Monday. I, I want to let you guys become aware of uh, for Kendall's Crusade. It's a charity she has set up. Leslie has worked tirelessly on that, um, involving her daughter um, who had a uh, AVM and who has, uh, you know. It really battle through it. It, it. It's great that to see Kendall Kem uh, really go forward and, and find a way to uh, battle through this. And uh, she has been uh, she has been just outstanding. And so she is going to have a nine hole scramble golf tournament. Kendall plays with one hand uh, because their other hand was damaged by the AVM. Uh, and so Kendall's Crusade is holding a golf tournament on Monday, nine hole. Everybody has to play with one arm. That uh, we, I, I implore you, if you can go out, you'll have a great time. Uh, there's going to be a live auction. There's going to be a concert afterwards. Uh, so make sure that you are out there and have an opportunity to go play uh, and support a great cause. So Kendall's Crusade. Uh, golf event, uh, which will be, it'll be on Monday. I'm trying to find the name of the course, uh, which probably would help. At uh, White Marsh Valley, out in Lafayette Hills. So it's a nine-hole scramble. Everybody plays right-handed. Kendallscrusade.org is the way to get in touch with her. When we come back, Howard Eskin to talk the Eagles, to talk the Phillies, I'm sure, and 35 years on WIP. That's next as Work of the Beat continues right after these messages. 
Well, any conversation about Philadelphia sports coverage dating back to, well, the 1970s has to include this man. He is a, nobody works harder. Nobody is at more events and uh, nobody can draw sometimes the, the support or the ire of Philadelphia sports fans quite like Howard Eskin, who will celebrate his 35th anniversary on WIP this Saturday at 8 a.m. Live at the Borgata. And joining us is the king himself, Howard Eskin. Howard, how are you? I just never had a bad day in my life. It's just another one of those fine days in a great streak. It is. You never have had a bad day in your life. No, never, 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 never. Um, let me let me start. Let's go to the contemporary topics before I get into going down memory lane with you. Um, if I ask you who is the starting quarterback of the Eagles opening day, January twenty twenty two, who is it? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yes. Okay. Because I know you had said that you that's thought pretty, I, I, yeah, that's a pretty simple answer. Because even if they make a trade for Watson, I can't believe that the league's going to let him play. Okay, uh, to start the season, so uh, it's got to be they got. I, he's got to be suspended while he's with Houston, if that's the case. Uh, and there's no other quarterback unless there's an injury. It's Jalen Hurts. How? Let me. That goes right to the question of the trade. You had said you thought that it was eighty. eight I think ninety percent was the number you used. Uh, yeah, if if or if, when he's traded, right? Uh, Eagles, there's a ninety percent chance. Uh, I believe he'll be with the Eagles. Do you think the Eagles could get scared off at this point of, of pursuing? Why? Well, Why? I'm just saying, if something comes up with it, the obviously the criminal stuff would be the the main scare point. But I mean, do you think they know? Everything they're going to know about Deshaun Watson at this point? No, uh, they know he's going to be suspended. I don't believe he's going to go to jail. Uh, it, athletes don't go to jail unless they kill somebody, and even then, they don't always go to jail. Uh, so, really, which is really kind of a farce. Uh, so, I'm not saying it's right, and I'm not saying uh, I like it, but he's not going to jail. Mm -hmm. uh, when he comes back, it doesn't matter what. Uh, is found in a court of law or in a civil case. The NFL knows, and there's no question, I think, in anybody's mind he's going to be suspended. So they, I, I think they know kind of all the particulars. I think they do. What have you seen from Jalen Hurts in camp this year? And obviously only one preseason game, and I, I would be surprised myself if he plays a lot on, on Friday night. But what have you seen? He's not going to play at all. Trust okay. me, he won't. How many uh, of the starters so will play at all? I don't think uh, the offensive line won't play. Uh, I don't think that Miles Sanders will play. Uh, the wide receivers, I mean, some of them are going to be starters. because. But for the main thing, I don't think, hell, on the scrimmage yesterday, I don't think Fletcher Cox even practiced. Uh, so I think he's a day-to-day -day injury, which is really kind of a joke anyway. Uh, I... Uh, very few of the defensive players will start, and I would say probably unlikely that you know who's to start on the defensive line. Most starters, most starters will not play. Uh, so it's just going to be because they got all they need from the scrimmages. Don't you understand that these scrimmages, these tag, uh, these flag football games are, are good enough? So I heard they went four and zero, Howard. 
What's that? I heard they went four and zero in the uh, flag football yeah, scrimmages. They, yeah, in the scrimmages, you know, the, the media, uh, whoever they may be, <laughs> uh, have determined that they won all the scrimmages, which is great. Which means absolutely nada, nothing. Uh, I, I want to. I'd like to see him play, uh, but I, I just. Uh, there's just no way. I, I think there's no way he's going to play uh, or any of them are going to play. And your initial part of the question was, what do I think of Jalen Hurts? He's had some really good moments. He's had some good moments and he's had some poor moments. Uh, so, but it's not like, you know, you're not going to get hit. Uh, you try to at least find a receiver so you don't have to run, which mm-hmm. you can't do all the time in a game. So I can't tell. I really don't know, and I don't think the Eagles know, and I think we're all going to have to wait for at least the first game of the season against Atlanta. I think it's uh, September 12th. Howard Eskin joining us. When, you, when you've been around Nick Sirianni, and I don't know how much you've been around because there's still COVID protocols in place. Um, yeah. I've, I've spoken to him, but not at a lot of length. Right. Uh, what. What is, what has your been in your impression of his camp, uh, and the way he relates to players? Because that was a concern, obviously, after the first press conference that guys will be rolling their eyes and all that. But it seems like that more of these guys are stepping forward and saying they they like what the way he's handled everything to this point. Uh, I like his energy, which is part of his enthusiasm. We don't know how good a coach he is until he gets to the regular season. Mm-hmm. The players like him. The players like change because it's something new. It's something fresh. Uh, most of the players, I can't speak for every one of those players, uh, really like him. But again, you have to see him in game situations. I've tried to watch him on the sidelines. But in the last game, I don't even call that a game. That was just a joke. Uh, so, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? The coaches are all into it but you can't tell until the regular season it's just sure because we just don't know there's really not that much pressure right now i mean he's owing two uh if he worried about the pressure he would play some guys so at least he'd have a chance to win a game but he's going to go winless in the preseason does it mean anything not a thing and honestly, really, the the tough part for him is that first stretch out of the gate. I mean, you know, look, Atlanta's a winnable game, but you get Frisco, you get, you know, you have Andy's team coming up there, you have Tampa in that first half of the season. They're going to be a better team, I think, in the second half, but that first half of the season is really rough right off the bat, right out of the bat. Well, Atlanta, Atlanta shouldn't be, and they were a bad team last year as well. And then I'm thinking about Kansas City, no shot. San Francisco, yeah, they got a shot because San Francisco's going west to east in a 1 o'clock game, which makes it a little tougher for them. Uh, I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think at that point he's going to start. You can't start Trey Lance that early No, at the quarterback spot. Kansas City, I don't see any way they can win that game. Uh, but this is going to sound crazy. I think they can beat Tampa. Uh, Short week. It's a short week. Uh, they're on the road with two big games emotionally before that, New England and a, and a division game against Miami. And that's really hard for a team. Three games in that shorter period of time with two of the previous games, uh, a very emotional games, especially the New England game. Now, if they lose Miami, at, uh, and I think they play at home at Miami, so I can't see right. them losing. 
they lose the Miami game, I can't see them losing to the Eagles, but I think they're going to win the Miami game. I think two is a stiff. So uh, he really got out stiff. <laughs> I know. I know how you feel on Tua. You've never been yeah. high on Tua. No. Uh, it's just that it, it's just it really is a joke. But, you know, the, the sad part is if he beat uh, Jalen Hurts out for the quarterback job at Alabama, Jalen Hurts talks about like he played at Alabama. And I don't fall him because you get a little more prestige talking about Alabama than Oklahoma, where he really played well at Oklahoma. What did he throw? Eighteen passes at Alabama in well, his no, career? He, no, he won two. He won in two SEC championship games for him. I mean, he, he did. did. Yeah, he came off the bench and won the one. And he also, the year two, it became the starter in the final game against Georgia. He won the SEC title that year against uh, Georgia. Why did he leave then? Because he saw Tua was going to be the st- the starting quarterback, and he was able to go okay. to o- he was able to go to Oklahoma and play over there when you know that was kind yeah. of becoming a quarterback factory. Yeah, I I don't know I don't know enough about his college career other than what I saw in the numbers. You know, I watched him, but not a lot. Uh, so, but he, it doesn't matter what he did there. It right. matters what he did here, uh, and that's what we're all going to be looking at. But what? we're not going to know anything until at least game one. So what's a successful season for him at this point? For the Eagles, not Jalen Hurts, for the Eagles. Eagle, I think the Eagles have a chance to win eight games. Remember, that's below 500 because they're Right, because they're 17. Yeah, but I would take the over. Uh, and, you know, I'm looking at situations. They don't get on a plane the last eight weeks of the season, which includes a bye week. That's that's really important. And you're getting, uh, and you're getting Dallas early on the road when Dak is going to be still trying to get back his legs under him after yeah, the injury. and the tough playing, tough playing there. But Dallas isn't a big – it's not tough playing there. No. But you're playing on the road. It's uh, – Dallas is not does not have a home field advantage. For whatever reason, the stadium's too big, uh, so you don't get enough noise. But, yeah, they could win there. I think they split – I think they split against all the teams in the division. So that's four wins, right? No, three Th- Three wins. wins. Three wins. So that's three wins. Uh, San Diego's here. Unfortunately, I think that's a four o'clock game. It'd be better yes, it is. Yeah. So uh, I say San Diego, the Chargers. It's, still, uh, the it's Chargers always San Diego, good. Howard. I think they have a shot. I think Washington's very good defensively mm-hmm. and they'll cause them problems. But I think they have, a, obviously, I think they're going to split there. So it's what they do with the other games. And the other games, I wouldn't say the Jets will be better when they play them, unfortunately for them, because it's towards the end of the season, second half of the season. And the Giants suck. The coach sucks. The team sucks. Uh, the, you know, the, the quarterback sucks. Uh, yeah. So you, you, the couple of the games you didn't mention that I'm interested, I'm interested to see how they play Carolina, because I think Carolina is going to be better. I think Matt Rule's doing Carolina a decent job. Carolina is there, right? Is right. that in Carolina? That's, that's in Carolina. Carolina. And it's the week after you go to – after. I think it's the week after they go to Vegas. Yeah, that's a tough game then. Yeah. yeah. And Vegas is a tough game. You know, all the road games are going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. And that's a given. They play in New York back-to-back weeks. Even though it's different teams, they play in back-to-back weeks. So they can't win both of those. They just hope they don't lose both, both of, those. of those. Yeah. So um, it's just – but I think they'll be okay. But they're not a Super Bowl team this year, and I think we all know that. I'm not saying anything that's crazy. Yep. I think we all know that. Uh, Are you guys uh, – obviously, you work with, with Mike Quick and, and Merrill, the great Merrill Reese on Eagle Broadcast. Are you guys traveling this year? We don't know yet. Wow. 
<laughs> we don't know yet. Are you going? You're not traveling on Friday night, I assume. Are you traveling Friday? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's easy. It's yeah. Meadowlands. Easy. We we all have a car service to take us up there because we're coming from three different spots. Uh, I'm actually coming from Atlantic City, so I can go back to the Borgata in Atlantic City for the show the next morning. That's a pretty good life, Howard. Car service to the Borgata. That's pretty good. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. I'm kidding. I'm going to get back no earlier than one o'clock in the I know. morning, and I wake up at like six six thirty in the morning to do a radio show. I know. That's pretty good life. You know, I'm going to spend ten minutes to Borgata outside the show, basically. I know. Uh, so it's, it's a nice, it's pretty good life. I work my ass off. I understand, now. Howard. It's it's ten minutes of the Borgata is better than ten minutes a lot of other places. You know what? <laughs> you know what? The, uh, well, yeah. The good thing is the Philly season is over. So oh, I, I knew it! I that. knew you would get to it. Go ahead, rip them, rip them, please. No, they are what they are. They they're they're, a, they're just a, a, a good average team. That's what they are. I don't think there's any more or any less. Uh, that's what they are. They, they're inconsistent offensively, which is a problem. They're inconsistent with their pitching, which is a problem. I mean, I still love uh, Zach Wheeler's terrific, even though I got blown up the last game. Uh, the last game as when we, when we speak, Yeah. Uh, but you know, Aaron Nola is just hot and cold. I told people to take the under 13 and a half at the beginning of the season. That was his win, his over under win total. Cash uh, in that on number that. was there for a reason. Yeah. It was there for a reason. And then after that, you know, Suarez, okay, that's great. Let him go around the league one time. Uh, and I don't know. He's, I mean, he does do a lot of good things. Uh, you don't know about Eflin coming back from an injury. Uh, and he and pitches Thursday Matt, night. Right. Yeah, Matt Moore. And then uh, he's starting Thursday, yeah, Thursday night. He's going to start. Yeah. Uh, Matt Moore and then Chase Sanderson. I, I, Kyle Gibson. Yeah, and you know, in the bullpen, your closer now is uh, was it Ian Kennedy? Okay, great. He's not awful, <laughs> but he's not great. Yeah, no, it's just they are what they are. The Atlanta Braves are better. Now they have a tougher schedule, but they're a better team. What do they have? They have four guys with over twenty home runs. They could they could they have, have a whole infield that has over thirty home runs by the end of the year. Right. They have five guys with over seventy RBIs right now. Yep. Phillies have one. And he can't play every day at this point. Yeah, right. So, so I, I don't know. They, I, and it's not. I don't. I don't like the way Joe Girardi's managed, but the players got to play. It really goes back to the five years of um, doing nothing to help their farm system. So they got no support from that area. What did you and make? What, well, in that line, what did you make of what Dave Dombrowski did yesterday and kind of clearing the clearing the decks a little bit in the front? Yeah, office? I think he cleared guys out and didn't believe in analytics, believe it or not. And I didn't think Dombrowski was an analytics guy. I think he cleared a lot of guys out that don't believe in analytics or don't believe as much as they should in analytics. I don't know. I don't know what kind of jobs they've done. Matt Clintac really made the decisions with with a farm director that's no longer there. Because what's a barber is the guy that's yeah. uh, Brian Barber who Brian Barber who is only in his second draft. So, right, yeah. So we don't know. Um, that first draft, even though it was, uh, what did uh, what did John Middleton call that draft that Mickey Moniak was drafted in? A uh, skim milk. Yeah, did he call it? it was a skim milk a, draft? Yes, skim milk draft. And Ian Anderson was the third pick, and he's a stud for. Uh, and the one the and the and the Kyle Lewis in Seattle, who was second for rookie of the year in the American League last year, was in uh, that draft. About, wasn't there a, a Cy Young winner out of that draft? Who was um, 
Who was the American League pitcher that was a Cy Young Award winner? Um, I don't know. I'm blanking on that one. Yeah, I, I don't know that one either. But there were players in that draft. Right. Now, it's not easy in baseball. But but it was Mickey Moniak just can't play. Well, when you, you have know. top when you have top ten picks in back to back years, and you get Moniak and Hazley, and neither yeah. one of them can start. No. And neither one of them yep. are going to start. It's a problem. That is a, a big problem. It big is. Problem. It is a big problem. Yep. All right. So I, I, I got to admit, one of my favorite things when I was covering the baseball beat was sitting next to you on a regular basis. Okay. You and JJ and Leslie and all that. And I always w- admired your fondness for technology. You are like. You have you still carry the two phones and and everything. I mean, you are no, no. I just uh, when I go on the road, I put the the second phone just in case my phone something happens. You know, I want a second one because especially when I'm on the road, I just sure. I use it for pretty much everything. I don't. I take an iPad with me, but I really don't use it when I'm on the road. But you are. I, but I mean, you're so connected, and, and I, I guess for you. Being at IP for 35 years, what's it been like? And what what does this time mean to you on Saturday morning, the celebration? Well, um, it means that I've lasted in this business for a long time, which is not not the easiest thing in the world to do. Uh, It means that I've enjoyed it all the way through. Uh, I haven't enjoyed all the things that have happened, but nobody is 100%. Uh, even though if they have the greatest job in the world with what they do. Um, uh, I enjoy uh, the memories that were part of the building. I uh, think it's an honor to have done the first sports talk show on WIP August 29th, 1986. And at that point, if that show wasn't successful, the general manager there at that time was a guy named Mike Craven, who I worked with when I was spinning records at FIL. He was a salesman. And when I went to do Channel 29, the 10 o'clock news, he says, you know, I want to turn that station into a sports talk station. And uh, would you do afternoons again? So we started with a couple of hours. And I said, yeah, sure, I would do it because I don't have to worry about it earlier. And because I had done sports talk at an FM station before that. At at WWDB. Yeah. uh, So I said, sure. Uh, If it didn't work, I don't know where we'd all be today. Uh, but it worked and then they build on it and they build on it with more people and they build on it with more shows over time. And we went full time, uh, about a little less than a year and a half later. Uh, it was in 88 sometime and everything worked out great. So I feel proud that I started the ball rolling, uh, using the line from Field of Dreams, build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sure enough, people came, and it's now one of the biggest radio stations in America. I mean, it's obviously one of the biggest sports talk radio stations in America, but one of the biggest and most successful stations in America. And I feel proud that I got the ball rolling, and then just uh, everything worked out after that. But I remember a lot of a lot of good moments Um the one moment that I always go back to because I was amazed when Steve Carlton and Ted Williams were at a remote broadcast of mine in 1992 in a place in New Jersey. And I found out at that remote that they had never met each other, never. And they met each other on the show. It was, uh, I heard from Steve Carlton's son. He asked me if I had the tape. 
uh, you know, through Twitter. And um, I remember that. I remember Bradley Cooper walking up to me and introducing himself to me. Man, how do you know me? You know, before an eagle says, come on, I, I grew up, I, I, I listened to you all the time. I listened to you, you know, and then he rattled, rattled off different things that he remembers from the shows. Will Smith was the same way, so you don't know who's out there listening. Uh, it was, uh, there was a lot of people, like Sugar Ray Leonard came to a remote. I had a lot of great remotes at the Super Bowl. I did a remote at the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 25. It was the Gulf War Super Bowl, as right. I call it, as everybody called it. And there were 10 radio stations. Now there's like 100, 100 plus radio stations. It was, the start, it was the start of Radio Row, correct? Yeah, right. Uh, there was 10. Walter Payton's walking by. And now people just grab and pull for guests. It, it, it's really become a free-for-all. And Walter Payton's walking by. And I say, hey, Walter. Told him who I was. Hey, can you come on the air with me for a little while? Yeah, no problem. This is Walter Payton, one of the greatest running backs of all time in the NFL. Sat down have a picture, can't find it. Cause back then they were either Polaroids or, you know, we didn't have uh, cameras on our phones, but I remember that. I remember T.O. calling the bitch at me uh, when I ripped him. He called on a regular caller line cause somebody called him. He was with the Cowboys. Right. And we went 26 minutes of just back and forth killing each other. You had Mike Tyson on, correct? Yep. Mike yep. Tyson and Don I, King. Uh, Larry Holmes uh, uh, who and was who it? Mike Tyson and Don King. I thought were on at one point. Yeah, with you. Don King was, yeah, he was easy. Um, Muhammad Ali on the pre uh, previous radio stations. That right. was before the five years. Cause he was starting to get, uh, he still had his ailment, um, at that time. But, uh, I've met Muhammad Ali many times. Uh, it, it's just, um, yeah, I, it's hard to remember all of them. But I start looking back through the pictures, and I see a lot of people that came into the studio, came to a remote. I had great remotes at the place called the Ribbit. Rip, Jerry, Jerry Hill. Yep. Uh, Barkley and Mahorn, and people were coming over. Dave Remington, as Boomer Esiason says, saved my life when a guy jumped me at a remote. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Boomer told me that my roommate saved your life, and you're ripping me. Uh, <laughs> With the Jets. <laughs> so he was his roommate in Cincinnati and he played with the Eagles and he was on the remote. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of really, really fine moments. People bringing him up with the comments on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. It's, uh, it's amazing what people remember from all those years and how they started listening is great. Uh, is there a guest you've wanted to have on that you haven't had on? Probably, you know, I got along with Michael Jordan, but he almost never did radio. Right. And I don't think he ever did radio. He just wasn't, a, he just wasn't a guest. I got along with him. I played golf with him. I caddied for him. Uh, I've been out to dinner with him. I was in the dugout with Barkley when he played in the fall league in Arizona, the Arizona fall league. But yeah, I don't know if it's, it was like the end of the world that I didn't have, didn't have one. Uh, as a guest, I've had Jack Nicholson on. Right, he was he, he was just great, you know, during the Sixers uh, and and Lakers series. So I've had uh, now I can't think of in Michael Jordan. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, if I had him on, I had him on. But um, now I can't think. You name somebody, I 
tell you whether I had them on, but I don't know that it makes any difference because I've had so many people on, yeah. so many guests. Well, no, and- but I think we all have that person. If you've worked in this business, there's always that one person who's that, man, I wish I could talk to him kind of guy who you, yeah, who you haven't had, had the chance to. And that's why I asked it. Yeah, I had uh, moments. Um, Reggie Jackson was driving through the area and called up to say hi because <laughs> uh, I knew Reggie through Mike Schmidt. Harmon Killebrew was with him, and I was got friendly with Harmon Killebrew, who was a wonderful guy. So they're in the area, and they called out just out of the clear blue. Uh, Steve Fisher, who coached the Fab Five at Michigan, and uh, he was at San Diego State, and the producer says, Steve Fisher is on the phone. He wants to go on the air. What is Steve Fisher calling me for? Put him on the air, and uh, what a nice guy. And then I stayed in touch with him years afterwards. And um, he was in the area recruiting for San Diego State. Uh, you know, just you never know who's out there listening. But I don't know, you know, is there a movie star? Yeah, I'd like to have Sharon Stone on the air. That ain't happening. <laughs> and so, that would be a hell of know, an interview, it, Howard. I'd love yeah. to see where we would go with that one. <laughs> well, I would talk about basic instinct for sure. Uh, so, yeah, so it's just, uh, you know, I'm sure there's people that I'd like to have one that I didn't have one, but I can't say that I'm disappointed um, with anything because it worked 25 years. I'm on AM. Hell, nobody's on AM anymore. No, when you, well, and and you were, when you were doing the drive time, you're different in Angelo in a sense of Angelo had more of a guy talk format and it wasn't always sports. He had the other stuff and, and and, and it worked for him. Yeah. But That's you were you talk. were you were hardcore sports talk and successful Here, at it. I mean, here's here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You can inform and still entertain. And I think I entertain people just by the comments, by knowing what I did. Uh, it just, you know, I would create situations. The Notre Dame Miami feud. Um, you know, the yeah. first the convicts. You know, the whole thing that that went down at those times and people still remember how I killed Notre Dame people. So you can, yeah, I know that. And that was just, I know that inform. I always tried to make sure that I informed with accurate information. And that's one thing that I always tried to do. Uh, so, uh, but, but it wasn't, it was guy talk, but not as much guy talk because morning shows really on sports talk radio really aren't, as much sports. And I understand that there's a different dynamic for an afternoon show as opposed to a morning show. How about this? I, uh, Michael Buffer, the ring announcer. Yeah. Just liked one of my tweets of my 35 year <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> so I just saw it on my phone, which is really kind of cool that people are out there. Uh, and, um, believe it or not, it's hard to believe that people can, can be so nice on Twitter when they're so, awful most of the time uh but they 99 percent of the people have had uh terrific comments and and and, uh, you know i'll say this howard's one of the nicer people i've met in this business i mean seriously everybody i tell friends that and they go howard i'm like yeah howard howard's been one of the nicer people to me over the years uh whenever i've asked for something or asked him to do something like this and he's always come on is there one person who you annoyed is there one person you annoyed or be or felt 
like you pushed his buttons to the point that he totally lost his cool that you, you look back and laugh upon. Like there was a, is there one figure in the, in Philadelphia? You know, uh, yeah, there's he, not, there's not one. I mean, Alan Iverson and I had backs and force, but now we love each other because I think he knew I was just doing my job. Dick Vermeil at first, uh, didn't like me because I was very critical of how hard he worked. The players now were really, really, really good friends. Right. Been up house, been out to dinner with him. Um, it was a great picture of you and Charlie Manuel a couple of weeks ago at uh, a golf outing. Uh, like, you know, yeah, Charlie, uh, you know, I helped him get, he didn't know how to operate the Coke machine in the press room in the press <laughs> area. So I said, here, let me do this for you. I says, but if you had kicked my ass, like you said, you were, you would have never got this diet Coke. Uh, so consider it a plus. Uh, it, so we laugh about it now and Charlie understands and it's just, yeah, we get along. We get along great now. Uh, but you know, that time was that time. And I, I didn't think he was tough enough and he tried to show me he was tough enough in his office. Uh, you know, so, uh, no, it's just so Charlie, Mitch Williams wanted to, wanted to punch me in the mouth because I had an opinion that they shouldn't sign a closure that throws hard at that time to a three-year contract mm-hmm. because you can lose the fastball at any time. And the second year into the contract, he, he did. did, and they lost the, the World Series in Toronto. Uh, so, But we're uh, good friends now. Uh, but, yeah, he came up to me in the locker room. Hey, man, I heard what you've been saying about uh, me on the air is why don't you tell me what I said I'll tell you if I said it and then we can talk about it he says no I just want to punch you in the bleeping mouth right I said, well let's step outside and then you can do whatever you want and of course I knew he wouldn't do it because I get destroyed uh but yeah I, I, I wouldn't have to work again uh it, so I might not be alive but I wouldn't have to work again. <laughs> it, it, so uh, uh you know it's just uh yeah, it's really uh, fascinating The people. I mean, the Eagles, one time in the locker room, I'm waiting for Randall Cunningham. This is the vet. I'm waiting for Randall Cunningham. And Bill Johnson, who was a defensive lineman, walked in. The Eagles were 0-5. I'll never forget this. He says, what do you think of this team? I said, you're kidding me, right? This team sucks. I remember as a kid, uh, the only team I can think that was worse was a team coached by uh, – uh, was, Joe uh, No, it was it was before Ed Kyatt Williams. What was Williams' first name? Uh, That's before my time, Howard. Okay, there was a Williams who was a coach. I think it was Williams, and then Eddie Kayat came in after that. Right. And I said, this team is worse uh, than that team. Uh, I think they're worse than that team. He says, you know, what don't you like? I said, you're kidding me, right? I said, so a guy named Jeff Graham, who was a wide receiver, came over from San Diego. He's like two lockers away from where I'm standing. So you see that guy over there? I have as many catches as him. Zero. Uh, I says, and you're asking me, and he was standing right there. I didn't even care. So they all laughed, and I just, you know, I just told him what I thought. He asked me, and I told him uh, what I thought. So it, it's just you got to be honest with people, whether they like you or they don't. Uh, Andre Waters, uh, may he rest in peace, always wanted to kick my ass. Because uh, he didn't like what I said about the team, Keith Jackson was one of those guys. Now, if I ever see Keith Jackson, he's so nice. You know, it's different because they understand they, after you're done. They me- and yeah, I was just gonna say they all mellow after they're done. They yeah, all do. They do. Yep. Yep. I uh, mean, so. Uh, uh, but you know, it, so it's all good. 
Yep. It's all good. Howard. Uh, and I can't, compl- I can't complain about anything. Uh, I can't complain about anything that, uh, that's happened in my career. Yeah. Did I like everything? No. But why complain about it? Cause I've had, and I'm not done yet. I've had a great, uh, that was career. Good. That was going to be the uh, next question. How much longer do you want to do everything? You, you don't know an end date. Um, you know it when you're tired of doing what you're doing, and it's like, all right, that's enough. But I still enjoy it. Um, you know, there's things that uh, not everything is perfect. Um, but it's so small that as long as I have fun doing what I'm doing, uh, I don't like the fact that the players aren't the same. They're not the same as the other guys where you could yell and scream at them. And 30 seconds later, you're laughing with them. Now that everybody makes so much money, too much money. They're so corporate. They're not, it, it, it's, it's all business to them and it's different. And it, the Eagles are still football players are still close, but they're kind of going down the wrong road uh, or, or a road. that's not as friendly, but you know, they're just, they're more friendly because they don't have a game every day. I, I don't, I'm not going to make excuses for the guys that sure. aren't good. I mean, the Sixers, Joel Embiid is, you know, all those guys, Joel Embiid, uh, uh, Benjamin Simmons. Uh, <laughs> no, no Jay. Ben. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, ben Simmons. They're all about their money. You know, I think Tobias Harris is a good guy, but he's not the kind of guy that, you know, the Sixers teams, the 83 the championship team. You know, to this day, I always kid around with those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you could always go in a locker room and have fun with the guys, whether you were talking about the game or talking about something else. Now, nah, it's it was uh, it was a different breed, and it's not the same anymore. And I, I that's one of the things that I do miss. It's yeah. just not the same. And the Phillies have some really good people. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Harper's been great to me, but you can't see anybody now, so you really don't know. But it, it's just, uh, but it's just not the same. No. It's just not same as it used to be and Reese Hoskins I mean there's some good guys there there's no question and I feel bad that I didn't give you a shot to tee off on uh on uh on uh on the Sixers over the whole Scott Rigo thing which was just the disgrace in the way they handled it well they signed a guy to 196 million uh they overpaid a coach Glenn Rivers he's not doc anymore he does he hasn't earned that uh Daryl Morey's making over 10 million and what has he ever done when you look back at Houston, he left Houston in a shambles. Yeah. What is he? Oh, wait a minute. He made that great trade at the trade deadline. He got George Hill. I'm sorry. He has done something. A joke. <laughs> it's a joke. So they're saving pennies when they're spending such unconscious, stupid money. Joel Embiid's contract is the worst in Philadelphia sports history because there's no way he can last six years and stay healthy. Yeah. There's no way. He'll average no more than 60 games a year. No more. It's 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 a complete joke, yeah. a complete joke. Thanks. So for them to Josh Harris just bought a home in Miami for thirty two million last year. He bought a home in New York for fifty two million. Okay, that's his money, but you got to care about people too. Guy that worked for you for thirty three years and you blew him up yeah. uh, just to save some money. Daryl Morey and that Daryl Morey's got to be blamed here too because he could have probably saved him. Yeah. Uh, hey Josh, this guy's been a loyal employee. So, and then the prices they're charging for the opening game. You I know, haven't it's, seen it's this. The most, it's, it's like $1,500 a ticket between the baskets lower level. Uh, and then 
How about the ticket fee is $275 a piece. And half of that goes to the, at least half of that goes to the Sixers. How much, how much do you need to make up when you got a guy that's worth $4 billion in Jaguars? Disgusting. Howard, Howard Eskin, Howard, I, I appreciate you joining us. I know you got to run. Uh, good luck this weekend. Uh, good luck this football season. Hopefully you're on the road and, uh, I appreciate you doing this. No problem, and I'm looking forward to that great, great preseason game. It's not a scrimmage. It's not a scrimmage. So it won't count as a win a win or loss. Only the scrimmages count as the winners wins or loss. I can't wait till the, I can't wait till there's betting lines on scrimmages. That's when that'll be official and count. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Guys be throwing. They be throwing games. Oh my goodness, Howard! Thanks a lot. All right, Kevin, take care. Be good. Howard Eskin, and we'll be back on Work on the Beat right after this. Our thanks to Howard Eskin for joining us. And uh, Howard's, again, special is on um, Saturday morning, 8 to 10, 35 years at WIP, live from the Borgata. Mike Kern now joins us, and Mike will be on uh, The Gambler. Uh, against Howard at that point. Um, no, nah, we come on at nine. Okay. Well, so not- I listen. I actually look every Saturday. I actually listen to the first half hour of Howard's show on my way up to the uh, uh, to parks. The yes. Parks. Yep. Uh, by the way, congratulations to our friend Natalie Eganoff, who uh, just got a very nice job at Parks uh, in charge of all their media and social media functions. Um, we had Natalie on earlier in the summer. So, um, let me, let me start. It was funny. My last topic with Howard that I'll bring up with you. Uh, I'm going to start with the Sixers and you know, this is a little bit dated, but obviously Keith Pompey wrote the story this week about Scott Rigo, who's been their equipment manager for 33 years. I knew you were going to go here. You love, you love stories like this because it's disgusting. It's disgusting. But it, but you're, you're absolutely right. But, again, it goes back to a little bit when you were going on about the preseason games, the fact that they charge people. And I've heard um, our, our John Kincaid has been going off about it. What – this has nothing to do with the Sixers, but this is just an aside. What do you think the NFL is going to do? Like, tell me the last time either a pro sports franchise – uh, a department store, if, if we even know what they are anymore, a restaurant, gave you something back because you thought they were. So let's say for the sake of argument, the NFL, which will only have two preseason games in a couple of years because they're going to go to 18 games. Okay? So one will be at home. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's say they say to you, okay, instead of charging you as part of your package, the $100 that the ticket costs, we're only going to charge you $25. Okay. But – the nine games that you're going to pay for in the regular season, instead of them being $100, we're going to charge you $115. That's what, so what's the difference, Kevin? They are not going to – so they'll increase your ticket value. They'll give you the preseason game for free or for nothing, next to nothing. You think they're going to give money back? And, and yet everybody kind of goes off about this. And I get it. It's a ripoff. Every, it's been – but you, people act like if we if we say enough and we act enough, oh, the NFL will stop charging for those preseason games as much as they do. Why? And they'll just um, pass it on to you. They'll pass it on to you another way. 
So they'll come out and say, yes, Kevin. Yes, John. We're only going to charge you $25 instead of $100 for the, that preseason game that you got to buy as part of you. So you can have the right to have season tickets to what is judged to be the most valuable ticket in Philadelphia, which is to go to one of the eight or nine Eagles home games, which is a privilege. People, you know, there's a waiting list. They say, okay. And they'll say, okay, but instead of being $100 for your regular season ticket, we're going to up that by $20. You're going to pay the same thing. So you just won't go to a preseason game. Tom? Well, I would I would argue that most of the people who go to preseason games right now, here's what they should do. You're right. You could you could charge 115, 125. No, they will. Hold on. It's not, that, that's could, fine. That's fine. And it is the hottest ticket in town and all that. But other organizations have come out and said, this player is not playing. Okay. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not playing. We all know that. Uh, uh, Justin Herbert's not playing in the preseason. That's all I'm saying. And but at that point, so Kevin, but they didn't know. And even if they knew, what are you going to do an hour before the game or not, two not, hours before the game? Refund money? No. Well, let's be realistic here. No, Let's but it does. But people do spend for parking and food, and maybe Kevin, if you knew just the, Kevin, if you knew Jalen Hurts wasn't going to play, maybe you don't go. So if the Phillies know that uh, Reese Hoskins wasn't playing last night, and they should come out and say, "Hey, Reese Hoskins ain't," which they did, I guess, at some point when the lineups were announced. Kev, it, it, I understand where you and John and a million other people are coming from. It ain't going to. Ha- people aren't getting. It's the privilege of having the Eagles ticket. And all they'll do, they'll make the same amount of money, and there'll still be 40,000 people that will go to that game to, to not see Jalen Hurts or not see the three offensive linemen because they can't go to a game during the season. It's their one opportunity or, or two opportunities, and that's what happens. And that's life. It's, it's like I'm going to a game to see the Eagles because I never see the Eagles. It's like maybe that's why they go to one of the practices that you can go to see. And yes, It's just the way it is. But this notion that somehow the Eagles owe you something or they owe you a refund or they owe you or or the whole all NFL team should charge less for the preseason. Come on. We got to get past that. Really? We we, we need to now go to this. Go to your Sixers point because that I think. No, you pretty much have answered like my Sixer point that you think you thought it was handled poorly and it sucked. Um, What do you think of the Sixers? Um, Okay, I'll give you my quick take. And I don't know. Again, I have not covered the Sixers. I've never. And you mentioned Kincaid, and I heard John yesterday in the car to school on my way to school. I agree with John. What did John say? John basically said that when you start clearing bottom line payroll, bottom line payroll, not performances that people pay for, Mm -hmm. but but support people, scouts, equipment manager, all that. Mm -hmm. That's a sign that means you're likely looking to maybe get get out. Here, okay, here's my take on it. First of all, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a business person. So I can't sit here and say I don't run a, a hoagie shop somewhere, you know, and Paul Hagen could probably give us a much better idea how that works. So the bottom line is important. I mean, that's what any person is in it for is the bottom line. In the Sixers case, although, and this was the same franchise that was going to not pay people last year, I think, when the pandemic Started. Yep. They got so or they, or they asked for a pay cut for people making over fifty grand. Yeah. And here's a group of people that they bought the franchise for what, like three, four hundred million, two, two, like that? 240. 
and it's worth what now? Two, um, two billion, two point two billion. Okay, shut up, you cheap idiot assholes. Like, let's say for the sake of argument, and I'm not look. The one guy was there thirty some years, right? And Scott Rigo, Joel, yeah. Joel Embiid likes him, according to yeah. what what I've read. And this happens what, like two days after you sign Joel? Yep. Okay. They can do whatever they want. It's their franchise. Let's say those seventeen people. What do you think they made combined? If you had to take a guess, an educated guess. <sighs> Maybe a million. Well, no, they they made combined more than a million. Okay, million five, two two million. Maybe, maybe two and a half to tops. What, what would you say? What was that? Maybe again? maybe two and a half tops. Maybe two okay. two and a half. Let's say it's two and a half million. It's, that is the it's price pocket of change. What? It's pocket change. That, that's the price yeah. of. Now I don't know how much you hurt your franchise, but it's a P, it's a, yeah, and it's a PR. It, you hurt your franchise because who in their right mind, if you're an honest goodness person who has a heart wants to be associated with this but kevin are they going to replace these 17 people or yeah with somebody cheap well no 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 the scouts i believe are gone so you've just cut your scouting department yep because they had an over uh, from what i I think pompey wrote this that it was basically an over over they had a large scouting department compared to other teams okay okay and i'll buy that I'll, I'll, that's fair. But 17 about, is how drastic. About, how about the equipment manager that had been there for 30-some years? There's no excuse on that. No, but I'm saying, are they going to replace him? Yeah, but they'll probably do it somebody cheaper. Yeah, and see, look, we're from a business, a newspaper business that does the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're doing it right now at the Inquirer, right? My former place of employment. They've done it at your place. Yep. They've done it at every place we know of. Hire a 23-year-old person fresh out of college who may or may not be good, but isn't as good as the person they're replacing. Okay, whatever. At least right now, they may be. They may grow in the role. I don't understand why, if you just signed Joel Embiid to a $200 million contract, and apparently this guy has a relationship, which, yeah. why would you why would you even think of messing with that? Like, well, what would be the point? Wouldn't you want to keep Joel as, as happy as possible? You would think. I... I Kevin, you've look. You've come out many times against a lot of the organizations, but but you've come down from the Sixers before. And your word is always optics, and I didn't think this story actually got the play that I thought it might. Maybe we're becoming too numb to all this. Because I think, I think a summer Friday talked about. I think it. a they summer on Ange- did they talk on Angelo? They did. Show? Talk, well, Angelo's on vacation this week, but John. But did Johnny Johnson? Johnny did Johnson that? did. Yes. Okay. It, it, yeah. it, it the fact that it happened on a Friday in the summer. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Bad news. Friday at four o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when, when everybody's starting to go back to school, people are on yeah. vacation. They, yeah, they dumped it. They did. Yeah. They did. And the bottom line is, Kevin, life will go on. Oh, yeah. It, it always does. And we'll forget you know, it on yeah, opening night. And if they get, uh, you know, look, and, and we care about ben, whether Ben Simmons are going to get traded or not and everything. And I get it. But there is a people side to this. It's and, billionaires being, it's billionaires not caring. And, 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 when, and when you just bought a, a $35 million house or whatever frig Josh Harris bought down in Miami. Yeah, but. but Kevin, they live in a different yeah, world they do. than we live in, Kevin. It's not we, – we can't even begin. And here, here's the one thing I, I would ask you, though, because you said, well, maybe they're getting ready to sell. What does $2 million or $2.5 in whatever have to do with selling a team? 
somebody wants to buy the Sixers, you think they're going to say, "Oh my God, we got these seven Yeah, but usually businesses, but usually businesses clear uh, the. Forgive me for this term. They clear the underside uh, finances to try pare it down before you sell. That's traditional. Something that's going to sell for three billion. Kevin, we're I'm talking just, fraction. Kevin, if the Sixers were selling for for one hundred and fifty million, and you're going to lock, well, I told you, I told you at the beginning of the year, I thought that the I thought there would be a team sold here in the last. I thought I told you at the beginning of the summer, I thought there would be a team sold here over the over the next couple of months, and I I'm not sure I expected the Sixers. I thought that maybe you thought the Flyers. I thought the Flyers were way more likely. I, me personally, I don't care who owns the team. Unless the owner comes in and guts the team, or so, like you know, if somebody took over and they, you can have bad owners. I mean, we, we've been pretty yeah. lucky. Jeff, Jeff Lurie's a pretty good owner. You could we yeah. can pick and say you know he's done things wrong. Um, what do you think of the Phillies ownership? I mean, I think I personally I think John Middleton has done everything he can. I do. Well, then he's made some b- bad hires. Well, that's true, and that's something different. And we'll get to that now. On, isn't that on him though? Uh, I think he would if admit you hire that. Matt Clentak and that other Andy McPhail, Andy McPhail, that that's on you. I mean, that, well, and and this leads to the next point on the business of sports hotline. Um, Phillies did rearrange some things. Brian Minetti, uh, yes, they did. Assistant GM gone. You would well, you know these people, right? right. Uh, well, I know Scott Profrock a lot better than right, than right. Minetti. Uh, right. Profrock. Uh, has been there since 2009. He came in when Ruben came in as the mm-hmm. GM. Right. Um, Profrock was big in, in managing contracts and caps and uh, not caps, but luxury tax and all that. Well, that's important. I yeah. Mean, you know, I mean, so, yeah. so am I surprised Scott's gone? No, because Scott's been here a long time. You know, Scott, I thought, you know, he's a holdover from basically two regimes. So I thought there was a chance yeah. that he could go. Manitti, I'm a little surprised, but it's pretty clear that what Dave Dombrowski is trying to do is he's trying to turn this farm system around because he knows it's his biggest problem. Well, yeah, you know it's the biggest problem. I know it's, and we all know it's the biggest problem. Here's the problem with what Dombrowski Brian, Brian Barber, I should point out, who is the um, uh, the head of like amateur scouting, is basically going to have a larger say in things. Right. So here's the problem with where the Phillies are. And we all see this. We, we, I mean, you know, we can observe. They have nothing in their farm system. Yep. Now there's a story about this. The able, the pitcher. Yeah, he hasn't pitched since July 21st. You know, you know, great. Maybe another guy that, that, that whatever. But it is what it is. So when the when the trade deadline comes and the Braves can go out and make moves, it, it's amazing to me that the Dodgers and the Yankees have two of the best farm systems in baseball. How can they have some of the best? I mean, the Phillies picked in the top five or ten for like five straight years but okay it is what it is here 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 it is it stinks this doesn't get fixed overnight this isn't a if so if you go in and you're going to play baseball the phillies way let's say and you're going to develop i I think it's more of a developmental problem yeah i think so as much as of a a, of a developmental problem as it is whatever it's going to take kevin you know this you know this better than i do three four years to really get which means in the meantime, you're probably going out and trying to win with free agents. Well, and and I think the one thing to look for is over this offseason, you will see, I think, this is not inside knowledge. This is just the old-fashioned hunch. Educated guess? Yeah. You will see their farm system cleared out of a lot of career coaches who are there. I agree, you, you, Kevin. you you got to be right. But what I'm saying is you know – 
that takes time. Oh, it, yeah. It, so back when Ed Wade was trying to build a farm system back in the late uh in the late uh but, but where the they have but mike where they have to watch is they've they've gone to a couple of the guys they've hired and and andy mccullough who uh andy mccullough who who writes for the athletic who's a upper dublin guy uh his their national baseball writer mentioned that um a couple of the people they hired from that driveline facility which is a big analytics uh base facility out of oregon mm-hmm. um Couple of them have left the organization in uh, have left player development and everything, so I think that's the next question: Does Dombrowski uh, turn it more into a conventional style minor league system, or does he kind of double down on the analytics? And well, I think analytics in this day and age has to be a part of it. Yeah, but but does he double down? Does he go as heavy I, on I, it? I, that's a better question. Well, here's a question I would ask you, Kevin, which is against so, his mo. He's not Dombrowski's an analytics guy. Mid sixties, okay, and he's viewed as one of these guys who will come and change things around, but not a guy who's going to build a farm system. That's mm-hmm. not really his thing. His thing is making moves to make your team better. Okay, so if it's going to take, and I don't mean that the Phillies can't make the playoffs or something in the next three, four years, or you know they can do things, but until you're going to get, if it's going to take four or five years to really have a good farm system where you have a fairly steady stream of help available uh will he still be here then i mean i never thought he was hired for the long haul no i thought uh, he was hired more for the shorty show. no but I, they also do have somebody in sam fold who i think they believe okay will okay who we up. never hear i don't know well, sam, sam actually sam's comments have been on quite a lot of stuff because he's been traveling with them okay okay fair enough um but we always refer to dombrowski he's well, dombrowski's the ultimate dombrowski's the head guy Dombrowski's okay. the guy who's going to make the, the main decisions. Right. But Fold is being, I think, groomed that when Dombrowski okay. does step aside, that Fold's going to be the guy. Look. I mean, look at the problems this year. When you think about it, and God, we've talked about this enough. I mean, the center field problem is a thing in itself. That, that, add, that in, add in left just, field next year, too, because you're not going to probably yeah. re-sign McCutcheon. Think about how – oh, they can't re-sign McCutcheon. I, I, I mean, unless it's for, like – you know, five million or something. Right. You figure he's your well, maybe hey, maybe they do then. Uh they may end up having how, to put Bowman left. Who knows? But think about how their approach to baseball and analytics screwed Scott Kingry to no end. And nah, you know what, uh, Mike Mike, I'm gonna defend him on this. This is Scott okay. Kingry did it himself. Okay. Scott okay, Kingery went heavy on that himself. That but wasn't just the Phillies. Him, didn't they want him? Yeah, and he plunged. Stop swinging for the line drives and try to hit the he, ball out. Yeah, and he plunged himself completely into it. And when they okay. tried to reverse it, he wouldn't do it. But what I'm saying is, what if they'd never said that to him? Well, okay, that's like fair. The guy but, out of UCLA, and he's this great player. Arizona. Everybody, everybody thought he's a you know line drive gap hitter. I don't know. And they did sort of the same thing with Hoskins. And it's taken Hoskins, like, it took like a year and a half off of Hoskins' productivity. Uh, so that's two guys in particular who were two of you. And I don't know what Ali Boom. I, I I don't know. I haven't the foggiest idea. But that's three of their top prospects who have come up in the last three or four years. And, look, Boom had a good year last year. He was runner-up for rookie of the year. But, man, I mean. 60-game season, but go ahead. Yeah. And Hoskins is kind of coming out of it, but you know, you still—he's had periods this year where he went through long stretches where 
you know, he wasn't doing much. I don't know. It, it just seems like to me. And yet, they're still, like, in it. You know, there's, they still, because they play in a bad division and everything, and they've got Harper and right field and Rio Molto and Segura's having a good year. And, yeah, and you, you look at them. That's why it's this team's so frustrating because you can't get a hold. Yeah, and, and we're always analyzing. And basically, what it is is they're, they're a little better than a 500 team. That's what they are. And they're going to break your heart. Sometimes, maybe ultimately, they won't break your heart. Maybe they'll win the division. I don't know. But they're so inconsistent, Kevin. Oh, my God. I was at the game last night. My four-year-old grandson's first game, and we went, you know, with the sports writers. It was like, and you're watching this team; they can't hit. No, they can't. All of a sudden, because Hoskins ain't in the lineup, and and apparently he's going to be like every. So they had an off day Monday. He hit two home runs Sunday. Why wouldn't you play him last night? Or am I just nuts? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's confusing. It really is. I, and he's going. You know what's going to happen. One of these games, his groin's going to go out. You, oh yeah, you know it's it. coming. Uh, it, 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 it looks like it's coming. I mean, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's Philadelphia. It'll come. He's gonna. <laughs> he's gonna have to get surgery of some sort. I'm imagining at the end of the year. You think so? You think it's really? I that? mean, look. If you can only play him every other day, that means there's something seriously wrong. Yeah, but wouldn't Monday count as a count as a day that he didn't play? Yeah, but he also did face a righty last night. So knowing they played a lefty today, that maybe they decide to. That's all fair, Kevin. All I'm saying is last night you're playing Miller first. Like if it was reversed, a lefty last night and a righty tonight, he probably plays last night. You got Jankowski. The the Phillies. Here's the problem with the Phillies. They got like four guys who actually, and people fall in love with these with these um, platoon players, these guys like Torres. They fell in love with Therese. He is what he is for a reason. And he's been a good pickup. Yeah. There's no doubt. He's been a nice pickup. But they, they fall in love with guys like Miller because he hits a couple home runs in a game. They fall in love with a Jankowski. Um, and, that, and, that's, and, 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 and the other guy, Galvis, who hasn't even played yet, a month after they acquired him. I think he's, is he in the lineup him. tonight? I think. Hold on here. Is he playing? I, uh, I'm, I'm double checking that. <laughs> and what position would he be playing? Third? Um, because DD had a couple hits last night. He's playing short. Okay, so DD's guy. Okay, and by the way, somebody last night. I think it was Jankowski. It, it just why, why more play? He had a great bunt down the third baseline for a hit because mm-hmm. the third baseman wasn't playing third base. Well, I, I'm watching this game last night. I swear to God, there was one time you know when they have to shift on, and the third baseman is basically playing shortstop. Are you telling me that more major league players? Cannot just all you got to do is push the ball basically past where the pitcher can get mm-hmm. it. You're on first base. What am I missing here? If they if you did it enough, they wouldn't be able to put the shift on all the time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I find it impossible to believe that once in a while, major league players who are all batting two thirty or two forty because that's what everybody bats now can't push a ball down the third baseline. When the third baseman's playing over, you know, I, I it, it's the, the fundamentals of the game somewhere took a drastic U-turn. Uh, the, the guys, and again, I'm going to sound like the old man kicking somebody off your front lawn. Mm-hmm. The guys in the 70s, or you couldn't do that in the 70s. If you put a shift on, you know, Rod Carew would hit 530. <laughs> he would just, yeah, he would just, Tony Gwynn would have batted 530. George Brett would have batted. I mean, I mean, these guys would have just laughed at you. Yeah. And said, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know. I don't um, 
But I give credit to Jankowski because he, I, I think it was him, and he bought it, and I think it led to a run. I, I know maybe it didn't. And by the way, Kevin, they turned two nice double plays last night. Yeah. Early in the game, it saved. And I look, Suarez pitched great. I mean, I give him all. He got a nice ovation. But they did probably save him two runs. Well, and this is, you hate saying it this way. This is their week. They can make up some ground. They have the, you know. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, Atlanta's going to get the Giants. They go to L.A. Philly's Phillies get to Arizona. Um, when do they get the Nats? Don't they have the Nats coming up at some point? Who? The Phillies. I think the Phillies and the Braves both get the Nats. Yeah. The Braves, I think the Phillies wrap up with the – or I'm sorry, the Nats, I think the Braves wrap up with the right. Nats. Here's my prediction. Ah, like I said, we saw the Phillies at some point in all this, whether it's two weeks from now – they will be within a, a game or two. There's no doubt in my mind. You are dreaming. To. You yeah, are well, dreaming they, on this. No, I'm not. They do. Kevin, they do get the Nats next week. By the they're way, they're going to win games, Kevin. They're going. First of all, the D-backs are going to come in here after after sweeping them out there. The Phillies will win at least three or four. Okay, if they only win two, shame on them. Then it's over. Then go home. Just whatever. They probably will beat the Nats two or three. You know, maybe they drop a game. Then they go to. <laughs> then they go to Miami. Well, okay, but, but and Miami's then they go to Milwaukee. Kind of, that's going to obviously Milwaukee's going to be, but the, the Miami's kind of thrown it in. They have quit. Uh, I mean, they are a bad team, and I know they have a good record against the Phillies. And that final three game series could, you know, we could be sitting here again for the second year in a row. Okay, and they win a game, but if the Phillies can't make up, what are they down? They're down four, right? Four yep. and a half. Yeah. Four forty. If they can't make up a couple games in the next couple weeks. Then yeah, you're, then it's probably over. But I think they're going to, and not that the Braves are going to go in the tank. I don't mean that. The Braves are are, are yeah. But I think the Phillies are going to go on another little mini roll, like they kind of did two two and a half weeks ago, just because, just because. Um, yeah, I, I, I. By the way, I looked up some. I, I don't look at the standings all that much. The Braves' road record and Milwaukee's road record is unbelievable. How did these teams win on the road like that? Well, it's something this team hasn't been able to do in about ten years. So, well, that's yeah, it's it's a good point. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you look at it, I mean, that's one of the main differences. Phillies can't win on the road, and that's been a that's been a bugaboo there for them since really twenty eleven, and um, it's why they're probably going to end up going home again. I. Yeah. I yeah, I know what you're saying, and you have a lot of Colorados. You got a lot of Baltimore's and Pittsburgh. They're going to make up. Some, they're going to make up some ground. I'm not saying they're going to be like in first place. I'll tell you what. When they go to, when they go to Atlanta, you know who reason. you know who knows how desperate the situation is right now. The right fielder who's saying last night, you know, we're wasting time. Oh yeah. Hey, look. Last night, everybody lost. The Padres yep. lost. The Reds lost. And the Braves you can't have those kind of nights. Yeah. And, and the Mets, by the way, are toast. Well, the the Mets did get good news today on Jacob Degrom, who's supposed to. Don't matter. Okay, they, they are toast. Um. Toast. So I I would ask you about the Eagles' third preseason game, but nobody's going to play, so it doesn't matter. And is Jalen going to play? Uh, Howard says he doesn't think so. Well, look, they can do whatever they want. You know, Sirianni apparently puts a lot of stock in these practices. Whatever. It's, their team won four games last year. And I know the last thing you want to do is get somebody hurt in the preseason, especially your quarterback. I get all that. These guys better – I mean, if they were coming off a 10-win season, okay, I get, and then Sirianni won't be the coach. But 
don't you have to play Jalen two series? I would agree with, with the first with the you know with the line and with there. two weeks off coming anyway. <laughs> yeah, I I just think you, you have basically he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not. I mean, no. hey, look, look at what Andy Reid Andy Reid did. Okay, Mahomes threw seventeen passes, played a half, game. and. Uh, you know, Andy was, and Andy's playing with a revamped line, which is probably why Andy wanted to have the revamped line out there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and look, there is no right or wrong. Different coaches do it different ways. It works. You know, it seems like the young coaches, the McVeighs, the, the, the you know the, the the Chicago coach, the San Francisco coach, the, maybe Matt Rules. I guess I, the, the younger coaches tend to not play guys mm-hmm. for whatever reasons. The older coaches tend to say, yeah, whatever. Aaron Rodgers does not have to play, take one snap in the preseason. Nope. Okay, he's Aaron Rodgers. Technically, Mahomes might not have to either. I, you know, if, if Drew Brees were still in the league, he wouldn't be taking a snap. But you know, Belichick said, "Hey, Cam Newton, go out there and play," because yeah, I got to see what. You, I mean, I would just like to see. Not that it's going to matter when they play the Falcons. Just let Jalen play two series. Yeah. I mean, if he can't protect it, and maybe even say to him, "Hey, Jalen, don't run." You know, don't run. If you run. Run out of bounds. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you really got to – you can't do that. I mean, we didn't see Miles Sanders. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm starting to worry a little bit about Miles. That he, I know he breaks off those 70-yard runs like every other game. But, boy, I, he just seems like he's maybe not as good as we would like him to be. I hope I'm wrong. I know they got other running backs. Wouldn't you like to see Jalen – wouldn't you like to see Hurts play a couple series with Jalen Rager or, or, or Smith? Like before you line up against the Falcons, but they're four and zero in the team on team scrimmages, according to Sir. Hey, hey, look, Kevin. The only thing that counts to me, like I said, and, and I'm sure Matt Ryan's not playing in the preseason, or if he is, he's probably playing minimal. They have an opening game That's where wonderful. they have a chance to win. I mean, they'll be under, but the Falcons are the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying, it's a game that that you can go down there, and if you win the game, it's ain't going to be the biggest upset of that weekend. Whatever. Who they get in the second week? Is that, is that San Francisco? And, and look, I don't think they're going to beat San Francisco because I think San Francisco is a better team than the Eagles. And the Eagles beat them last year, and I think San Francisco will probably remember that. But again, it, maybe that's not a game that you you know. Like I don't think they can beat the Chiefs or the Bucks. Yeah, I look. Can at they beat the Cowboys like, down there? I think that'll be. I think that'll that's be three. Tough. But I don't I know actually, with Dak's shoulder. What, I was just going to say, that makes it to me, that's actually an easier game than I thought at the beginning of the year because I don't know what Prescott's uh, status well, is Well, yeah, be. but I can't say that until I know. Right. Like, if, if Dak isn't playing at all and they got to play that ding-dong they played last year or something like that, right? yeah, that's obviously a problem. But I still think Dallas is a better team than the Eagles. Um, and I, I get the feeling that Dak will probably play but he, I don't know if, if they lose. Back. If they lose Week One, right? They get the Niners, and they could easily be zero and two, and they could be zero and three, and they could be zero and four. Right? Yeah. And, and then they go to Carolina, which is not going to be easy. Absolutely not. They At Carolina, then oh, yeah. Tampa. At home, no, there's, no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, you could be staring at Owen, you know, six, Owen seven. You could. I think. I think if they're two and four, they're doing fairly well. Before going into Vegas, they get Vegas and Detroit back to back weeks. They can win two of their first six. By the way, on the on the podcast, on the podcast, I said that they had Carolina the week after 
Vegas. It's I'm wrong. They got Detroit the week after Vegas. So yeah, and I see there in the, there's another game. Like everybody will look at that game and say, "Well, the Eagles will beat the Lions." Well, wait a minute. Lions oh, are probably looking and saying the the Lions could beat the Eagles. Well, the Lions are sitting out there. Going, hey, we got the Eagles coming in. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying we tend to look at it from a distinctly green outlook. I understand that. That's what we do. We're fans, and and but that it, that Lions game, even if they're a favorite, which they might not be, they'll be like a two point favorite. Yeah. I mean, so there's going to be a lot of your games this year. I will guarantee you. Barring something like you know, Jalen getting hurt or whatever, where the line's going to be like three or four or less. So those games to me are basically kind of toss ups. We'll do the whole schedule oh, in God, a couple please weeks. Please don't tell me we're going to do that. No, but we'll, we'll give our predictions for the season in a couple weeks, and we'll I'm give giving our... you my prediction right now. The number in Vegas is a good number. Okay, that's, that's my prediction. Uh, we'll also look at college football next week, which ought to be interesting. Um, yeah. I got to admit, I don't know as much about college football as I used to, obviously, when I was doing it every When you were covering it, yes. But I can tell you this. Pencil in right now, take Alabama, Clemson, uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Give me maybe like two more teams, and four of those teams will be in the playoffs. I'll get, you know, it's it's all but guaranteed. The Irish in one of them? No. No. The Irish are probably going to be about a nine-win team. Okay. They're not going. The, the Irish ain't going eleven and one, and eleven and one might not get. It, it all depends what happens above you. Because if you're eleven and one, and like Bama's twelve and one, and and Clemson's, yeah, you know, the one loss Oklahoma's of the world are going to probably get in ahead of the one loss Irish, because we don't want to see that forty point playoff game anymore. We're although Oklahoma sometimes loses playoff games that badly too. Yeah. Nerd Dame has, has a five-week stretch. Wisconsin, uh, Cincinnati at home, Virginia Tech at Blacksburg, USC at home, North Carolina at home. That's yeah. their whole season. Yeah, and they almost have to go at the, at the very worst 4-1 in that stretch. And, be- and I'm not saying they can't. Because they'll win their first three. They'll, get, they'll beat Florida State, they'll beat Toledo, and they'll beat Purdue. Well, they better beat Toledo. I mean, I mean, they better beat Florida State because Florida State ain't that good, I don't think. Right. Uh, I think the Cincinnati game is really interesting. It's an interesting game. And the Carolina Cincinnati game is good. And the I Carolina mean, game is interesting. Yeah, but the Cincinnati game it, it comes right after, first of all, the Wisconsin game. Yep. Okay, the Wisconsin game is a huge game for Wisconsin and for Notre Dame. Okay? They're playing that in Chicago, right? Yeah, that is, is that, correct. That was the game okay. I'm... You were going to go to that game. I was thinking about it, yeah. So then you get Cincinnati, to, and for Cincinnati, that'll be like a Super Bowl for them. Going up against but, Brian. But there'll be a lot of pressure on yeah. Cincinnati in that game Yep, because it's their shot. If they win that game, they can make a playoff case, yep. probably, if they run the table in the American, yep. which maybe they can. I I mean, they, they're they pretty good. They've been a pretty good team for a couple of years. But, you know, and then you always got like a Georgia out there. You always got like another SEC team or two whether it's Texas A&M or Georgia, that are going to be in the picture. I mean, you know that. But I'm just saying, the last five or six years, go back in college football. Yeah, It's the same four, five, six teams. It's Oklahoma, Bama, and Clemson, and Ohio State. Almost every year, Georgia made it, Notre Dame made it a couple times. Uh, you have The Pac-12 hasn't been a factor in all this. Uh, and it, it, so I don't, you know, I... I don't know what to make of it all, except I think 
And I think that's one of the reasons why they're expanding the playoffs. I really do. Not just the inclusion thing, but the fact that people are getting a little sick of just watching the same, same. games all the time. And they could expand the playoff. Guess what? It's not going to change the fact that those teams are still the top. No, but one of them could get – if you give teams more opportunities to get knocked oh, it, off, as we see in the NCAA basketball it could. tournament, yeah. it does. It happens. Duke loses or Carolina loses or Kansas loses because it's just, I don't think in football it's quite the same. Nope. And those teams will get by. But if Alabama has to play another game, who knows? It's not like Alabama never loses. It's just they don't lose a lot. Uh, but yeah, I just think college football, and I'm a big college football guy. You know that, Kev. It's just getting a little stale, I think, when we're always seeing Clemson and Bama. Or like last year, you saw Clemson-Ohio State, which was a rematch of the year before that. You know, and we, we've seen, I mean, it's, it's basically the last six years, for the most part, has been Clemson-Bama. Yep. LSU had that great team that one year. Ohio State won the first playoff, but, you know, that was seven years ago. We don't think about that, but I think it was 2014, if I'm not mistaken. That was correct. Uh, yeah, so, our, you know. so let's. Uh, Do you know who played in that game? Do you believe that was Marcus Mariota playing against Ohio State in the title game? Think about that, Kevin. Yeah, I know. Seven years, and that was the guy who we were going to try to move up to, to get. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so. Next week, next Wednesday, one, it's the first of our two show weeks. We'll do a college football thing on Friday, but Wednesday night, 6 p.m., we're at Chaps Pit Beef uh, down in media. Yeah. Wow. Corey, kind of crept up on me. Uh, So 6 p.m. Yeah, 6 p.m. We'll be down there. Uh, We'll be having fun. Paul Paul Hagan will join us. We'll talk baseball. We'll talk... A lot of different things. And then on Friday, we'll do our first college football show. Uh, our first college football picks is the start of our football Fridays begin uh, as everybody gets ready for fall. Next, hey, no, next one, weekend's one other, Labor Day. One other thing, Kevin, back, going back to where we began with the Sixers. Uh, one more. Okay. one more. Okay, let me get one more PSA. Sure. Out. Go ahead. Uh, once again, also, Ken, uh, Kendall's Crusade, which is uh, Leslie Goodell's um, Daughter's charity named after Leslie Goodell's daughter to fight against AVM, which is a uh, uh, a condition which Kendall had uh, back in 2014. Having a nine-hole, one-armed golf tournament at White Marsh Valley on Monday. Kendall'sCrusade.org if you want to sign up. They're going to have a concert afterwards. Uh, meals, drinks. Where's good that? Time. Out of White Marsh. White Marsh is nice. Yeah. You play nine you gotta, holes, you gotta, one hand. You got to play with one hand. One hand. That's pretty cool. Yeah, actually, because Kendall, because Kendall, play with my left or my right. Uh, like if I right, Kendall obviously because of her condition had lost the ability of I think in her left arm uh, yeah. to swing a golf club. So this is the and and of course last year she got a great tip from Nick Faldo who helped her out with that. Um, I saw that. That yeah. was awesome. Uh, sorry, Sixers. No, ahead. no, no. You know, maybe just to throw this out at you, because I think that Leslie actually lives out that way. Maybe we could have her meet us at the Paul's. Perhaps. I think she, I'm not sure exactly where she lives, but it's it's kind of out that way. But then again, when you live in Northeast Philly, everything is kind of out, out that, that way. way. Yeah. So, but, but with the Sixers, I think I read this in Key Story, because I think they notify these guys by phone. By phone. By phone. 
Are you kidding me? Yeah. What happened to human beings? Like, couldn't you call them in and just say, look, Scott, we hate to do this. We really feel bad. We got to cut costs. We got to cut costs. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to, I don't know. I, I don't know. Nothing's going to make it right. But my God, by phone, I, I mean, the only thing worse is if you texted them. And I don't know if Josh Harris did this himself, but it reflects on Josh Harris. It it reflects, you know, it almost makes Kevin, and I know I won't think this way once they start playing games on, but it almost makes you think, like, you don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, it almost, but there's part of you that just wants to say, you know what, go 40 and 40 next year. You know, see how... And I, I'm not like that. I, mean, I can't. It's no, a but but Mike, Mike, your old partner, Bobby C. Yeah, called it sports karma. Yeah. Well, you know, look, I, I'm I'm a, a lot of what's going on with the Sixers. Uh, was it Bob? No, I take that back. It was Mertidas who said okay. it's sports karma. Everything I'm that a they've karma done, guy, Kevin. Like with golf, I'm mm-hmm. talking. Like for instance, two weeks ago. I took Siwoo Kim in that column I do for Better's Insider. And my rationale, part of it was that Siwoo Kim had made a 13 the week before on a par three. Uh-huh. Had taken him out of contention. And in golf, you get these weird stories all the time. So Siwoo Kim lost in a six-way playoff. But he got in the playoff. Yeah. And and I think, Karma, I, I agree with you. I, I, you know, I don't want to sit here and say I'm Mr. Paranormal or whatever, but I do think... There is, yeah, like, like you know, you do something that maybe isn't right, maybe it comes back to bite you in the whatever. Um, like I said, I, I mean, no, look, nobody roots for billionaires, but every team is owned by billionaires. So, you know, they're, they're, we're not going to ever change that. But, my God, just, I, I don't know. Maybe they had to do it. Maybe, yeah, but it, it's just... It's like what you always say, the bad optic. I mean Bad God. optics. Yeah, and then and then the worst part is at some point, I don't know when, how, where, why, they will raise something. They'll raise ticket prices or they'll raise I mean, look, I was out at the game last night. I, I don't go to very many baseball games. The price of like concessions out there is ungodly. <laughs> but it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. You're at a game. This is what you're, you know, you, you know that going in and you try to have a good time. But it, 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 let, let's say they announced that, I, I mean, I don't know, next year after we're raising season ticket prices. And you're going to go, wait a minute. You, you just saved $2.5 million. And they're going to say, well, you know, and we're going to include the exhibition games as part of your package. Exactly. Um, oh, so uh, next week we're back. On Wednesday, at Chaps Pit Beef, down in media, off Baltimore Pike. Make sure you stop in, say hi. It's our first live show. Please show up. Now, are you going to have enough time after school and everything? Are you Are you okay? Uh, I get out two fifty five. So yes. Okay. No, I just I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pack all the equipment. I have to find a way for it to project out so we can have like a speaker that people can hear us, as opposed to us just talking loud. That's a you thing, man. I, I don't. I know. You, you're, so you're telling what we used to. Wait a minute. What we used to do over at your house. That's not going to work. No, no, it'll work. But it, I, I'm trying to see how people are going to hear us outside of just us two without getting like mega feedback come back. 
Oh, okay. Oh. It's a technical issue. That, 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 so you can't put like two speakers in the two corners. No, and I, by that, the way, that, I will. I will be at a Father Judge on Friday night doing the first Father Judge football game of the season. Wow, yeah. who are they playing? Lansdale Catholic. Crusader upon Crusaders upon Crusaders. Yes. Is Lansdale any good? Or we don't know. I, I don't know. Compared to what Judge is going to face in that division, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But who knows? I mean, is Judge, is Judge supposed to be good? Judge is supposed to be better, but you know, I'm with Prep and LaSalle, so it don't matter. Ugh. Yeah. And, yeah. So. Ugh. All right, and, Michael. I know. I know Archbishop Wood too. At some point, is yeah. The, yeah, that's not good. Not good. <laughs> that's not good. All right, Michael. <laughs> See you later, babe. Our thanks to Howard Eskin for joining us. All right, thanks to you for joining us. We'll see you at Chaps Pit Beef next Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. This has been Working the Beat. Well, you went.